Hey there, welcome to the inn. Now that you've dropped all of your stuff off at the shed, get ready to relax, pull up a chair, and come join us at the inn for some rested XP. Hey everybody, MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, aka Eric. If you're brand new, welcome. This is a New World podcast where we talk about all things New World, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This show and all other XP Media shows are 100% listener-supported outside the occasional sponsored episode, so keep your ears open for those. For those that are looking to help out in any way, just know that the best thing you can do for us is to leave a five-star review, like us, follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen on, and we do have a Patreon for those of you who are looking to donate straight to the podcast or help us keep this thing going, and we greatly, greatly appreciate those who are already doing that. We want to make the best show possible, and those of you who have already given a five-star review, thank you so much. What's up, everybody? Pretty excited to get into tonight's show. We're going to talk about maybe dead servers, crushing the economy, fishing, and why it's actually become one of my favorite things in the game right now. And then we're going to get into our first experience of tanking and healing in Dynasty. But first, Trigger, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us in-game? Sure thing. We are located on the Zabalba server. That's X-I-B-A-L-B-A on U.S. East Realms under the company Pachinki Logging Company. So if you're looking to get involved in a guild or just have a place to hang out, come join us over there. But let's jump into it. How's your week in New World, man? Man, that week was pretty good. I started my somewhat unreasonable goal of getting to 100,000 gold for no reason other than just because I want to try to get there. It's not a lot of gold, I guess, to some people, but to me, it's a fairly tall mountain to climb considering the only way really to make money is to grind it through mobs questing or to sell things in the trading posts. But we're getting there. We uh, made 30,000 gold this week, flipping things in the trading post and getting through some crafting stuff and then fishing of all things. So I sold my first legendary fish and it was absolutely amazing. I love that. I, I recently caught a handful of legendary fish as well. And it was a little bit of a surprise when I had that orange fish hit my bags. And then it was a little bit bigger of a surprise when I got to the trading post and they were actually worth something. <laughs> I know, right? It was a couple hundred gold for each one of them. I think if I remember right, it was somewhere around 200 and I caught three of them. Just in case you're wondering, you're like, okay, how do you catch a legendary fish? Well, I really have no idea, but I can tell you where I caught them. I caught them in the middle of Everfall and Windsword and Monarch Bluffs there, right in the middle there, there's the docks where the fishing guy kind of starts you off, but there's a epic like three-star fishing spot right there. And I was just using some regular old uh, normal level two bait, I think it was fire bait if I remember correctly, and just casting into that particular spot and the little icon turns blue, says that you've hit the, uh, you know, the fishing spot that gives you an extra chance at something good. And sure enough, there it was. I Ended up catching three in the span of about 20 minutes before the spot went back to just being a disturbance in the water and no fish are jumping, which means that it's 
dead for now. I thought, well, I wonder if these are worth anything. So I made my way back to Windsword and put them on the trading post. And sure enough, they were uh, 200-ish gold a piece. And it's pretty interesting. I didn't think that I was going to make any headway in my 100,000 gold goal from fishing, you know, directly without turning it into something. <laughs> I feel the same way when I started doing it. Mine was set to get all my skills up to level 140 because I found an achievement that had all professions at level 140 and there's a title associated with it. So that's why I started fishing and that legendary fish being valuable was a surprise to me. I actually looked into it a little bit when I found it. From what I understand, there's legendary fish in each zone or maybe most of the zones have their own legendary fish. And they're all used for various uh, food recipes that I think are the highest tier of their given kind. And I'm sure there's other recipes that the fish are used in, but I think if you're after a certain kind of max level and the best food out there, I think you use the legendary fish to craft it. But you, you said something that I think is really important to hit, especially for a new player or somebody who's getting into the game and looks at fishing and, you know, maybe you just ran up to a river and fished a little bit and aren't really quite sure what fishing has to offer. And you talked about that three-star fishing area. One of the things that I learned pretty quick after leveling fishing, I looked at the character tab about fishing, and it says you unlock these secret spots, these hot spots or brood spots, and then they're trackable. And so as you level, you unlock these spots on the map, and then you can see them and track them either on your compass or they actually show up on the map. But what happens is, to your point, you have these little pools where fish are jumping, or if it's fished out, there's like kind of a white, kind of rapid looking thing, you know, it's like bubbling water. But when the fish are jumping, the fish bite a lot faster, they are rarer. Every time you cast into that pool, it'll tell you, it says like you landed on hot spot or something to that tune. And then you have a chance, I think a much higher chance to find better fish. Now, I've never gotten as lucky as you got and caught three legendary fish in one hotspot pool. That seems crazy to me. I seem to catch one legendary fish every other hotspot for a level three hotspot. Now, the reason I started going to these hotspots was to level up quicker because you get more experience for higher tier fish that you catch. So for the person who's been just sitting at the river and casting into the river, that's not necessarily inefficient because you're not moving around. But if you're going to park somewhere and fish, I would highly recommend doing it near a hot spot. That way, when it becomes active, you can fish it and get the extra experience and the extra catching speed when the hot spot is live. Again, I've kind of gone the leveling approach. So those are the kind of the lessons that I learned while doing it. And I realized that like the first 15 or 20 levels that I spent fishing, I was being very inefficient and was just catching low level fish in a river. And I was happy to learn that there's a little more depth to that system and that you can chase down those hot spots and, and really ramp up your XP and then actually make some money too, which I was not expecting to, you know, offset any time and money made with fishing. I thought it was just going to kind of be a time sink. But if you fish those hot spots, you actually get a fair amount of high level crafting materials. And then you have a chance at those legendary fish, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, normally fishing. In other MMOs, sometimes there's a chance to get something interesting. And this was kind of the same thing. I was fishing up trunks. I was fishing up different pieces of gear. Now, nothing really too crazy. But if you were just fishing, you're going to find stuff there that's kind of useful. 
I was getting some crafting mats, which led to, you know, a couple of different useful uh, potions and things that came out of the trunks and some other weapons and stuff. And none of it was anything that I'm going to equip at this point in the game because I'm starting to fish a little bit later on, you know, in my progression. I'm already max level and I think my item level is already, you know, in the 560. So, but it's something to think about if you are leveling up right now and you're, say, in the 20s or 30s. You know, don't write fishing off because there's gear to be gained, there's experience to be gained. And you said something about the different levels of experience you get for the fish themselves. And one of the things I noticed is that if I was not fishing in a regular pool, I would get 100 XP per fish or 100 fishing experience per fish. If I was fishing in the pool and I caught the legendary fish, the most experience I got was 154. So it's kind of interesting there because that gap is really pretty close. And I don't know if you noticed that, you noticed anything drastic with that gap. But for me, I kind of noticed that fishing in the pools was like 125 to 150 XP versus just the river or just the sea without a pool was like 100 XP. So I thought when I caught the legendary fish, I thought they were worth 500 experience. And then the fish that are tier four, the blue ones, I think were worth 200 and then green fish are worth 150. That's at least what I recall. I haven't looked into that because I wasn't really planning on talking about it this deep. But I think uh, I think the legendary fish is worth a lot of experience. I think it's closer to 500. But it also may be zone related as well. You know, kind of like how we noticed picking up the pages in the higher level zones was worth more. So Everfall being a lower level zone, uh, maybe maybe it's related to that. I don't know. Oh, that's a great point. And again, you know, that's the fun part about the way we're doing our New World journey. I'm just interested in experiencing the game and figuring it out. So that could very well be true because I haven't found another level three hotspot yet. I found several level twos, but not a level three. So I'm going to specifically look at that and maybe report back on the next episode. Yeah, and I found my fish in Cutlass Keys. So that's where I've done all my fishing because there's two level three hotspots that are about a four or five minute run from each other down in Cutlass Keys. So I kind of run, fish one of those, run to the other one, fish it up, and then I'll fish at that location until the second one respawns again. And then I'll run back to the other one and then just fish there till it respawns. You know, I'll watch YouTube or, you know, do whatever else while I'm doing it. So oftentimes I won't be fishing for 10 minutes and then the AFK timer will come up and I'll remember to move my character or I'll get logged out. It's been really a good kind of relaxing thing, but it is a little more active than I gave it credit for initially. You know, I thought fishing was going to be something that I could level while passively doing other stuff, and it is not that. There's a fair amount of activity involved that requires some paying attention, so uh, I've actually enjoyed that aspect of it as well. Yeah, I actually have a funny story about the active nature of fishing in New World, so I'm not sure if other people have made this mistake or not, but I was fishing and you know you left click right to cast and then your hook is in the water you wait for the icon to change and then you have to set your hook and then reel your fish back in well the active part of the reeling the fish back in where you have to relieve the tension on the line so it doesn't break then relieve the tension continues to reel in a couple of times i accidentally right clicked right as oh, <laughs> i was about to get the fish gosh yes and then, of course, it lets it go and then it resets, right? And you're just like, oh, no, why did I do that? And you know, it's okay if it happens once or twice. But if you're sitting there fishing for an extended period of time, it, it gets to be a little bit of like, come on, we're better than this. 
We're better at gaming than letting the fish go on accident. And so the active nature of fishing, which I actually really appreciate now that I'm kind of looking back on doing the fishing that I did in the past week, I actually really appreciate the way that the fishing dynamics work. But at the time, it can be, you know, a little bit frustrating when you accidentally let whatever you had on the line go <laughs> right before you get it. Right. Or the, the fish starts pushing or, or trying to swim away, which increases your rod tension really fast. And it, you know, snaps <laughs> really close to reeling it in. But that right clicking is just unbelievable when it happens. And it's just kind of, you know, you kind of get into a rhythm and then you accidentally right click and it's, oh, and if it's a hot spot that's on and, you know, you saw you had like a big fish on there that's worth a lot of experience or you had a treasure chest or you had a chest or you had a treasure chest. Why can't I say that? Um, which is usually one of the easiest things to reel in. And if you right click on a treasure chest, that's the worst. But yeah, the, it's it's been fun to kind of get into a, a rhythm and figuring out that whole system. So it's kind of cool that we both got into it and both kind of discovered the economy piece of it. And I'm sure there's a lot more to discover in it. I've heard there's quests related to fishing as well, and I have not done those yet. But I think it's great that not only is it a profession in the game, but you also have some questing in the world to uh, support it or supplement it. Hopefully that comes with some kind of reward as well that's related to fishing gear. So I'm excited to dig into that. That's probably what I'll do next week. But uh, overall, it's been a really fun week digging into that system. Yeah, there absolutely is. It's a 16 quest line. and At the end, you get, a, I think, a legendary fishing pole. Ooh. It's pretty interesting and something I'm looking forward to making my way to completion. I'm about a third of the way into it, and it's it's been pretty fun. So we'll definitely talk about that once we both get our legendary fishing poles. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now that everybody knows what we did all week with our time when we were playing solo, we also did a fair amount of group content. But getting into that, I think we both made some pretty big changes to our characters following the patch 1.1, which brought a new weapon into the game. And then we sort of decided to change our roles a little bit. So why don't you talk about the character build change that you decided to undergo? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you need to do at max level, if you want, is group content. And group content requires the holy trinity of any MMO, a tank, a healer, and several people to do damage or DPS. You know, we decided, hey, let's be a tank and a healer. So I decided to respec sword and shield. And I was using a great axe for most of my leveling, and I really like the great axe, actually. I really like melee gameplay. I've always been more of a melee MMO player versus a ranged, and so I had a great time with the great axe. But now I'm using a sword and a shield, which meant that I had to level it from zero, currently level 16. So I have most of the points to get a solid amount of ability enhancements and, of course, the special abilities. And it's been really fun. I did a lot of tanking in World of Warcraft for several years. I mean, and by several years, more than I actually probably want to admit. The tanking in New World is so different. And we'll, we'll get into kind of like how it's different, how it's the same. But it is very different with the action combat system versus a tab target combat system. And since we decided, hey, let's get into this, which I'm actually really excited to put out some guide videos on our experience doing the different expeditions. Hopefully other people can, you know, learn something from our experience going through these expeditions for the first couple times and our tips as we learned things along the way. So 
look for that on YouTube. The first one is going to be Dynasty, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Before we get into that, you know, so you kind of dropped the hint that you went tank. I decided to go and try out healing because I hadn't done it yet. I hadn't really read into it. And I really liked the Void Gauntlet, which was the new weapon that was added in the patch. And it seemed to be a really good pairing for the life staff. And I was using the fire staff and the rapier before as kind of a DPS build, but I really did want to be able to do more content and expeditions and group farming, but also have the ability to do an active role in damage as well, while also supporting. And when I was looking through the skill set of the Void Gauntlet, it seemed to pair really well for that, where it has some really neat abilities that do damage and also heal or does damage in a radius and also buffs your party or potentially heals as well, depending how you spec. And then there's a ability that gives you like a melee weapon made out of void energy that stacks energy and can also heal people in a radius. So I thought it was going to be a really nice pairing to do the life staff and the void gauntlet so that I could have the main healing weapon and then kind of a hybrid weapon that would allow me to also play an active role in damaging when there's a fight that required burst damage or we were farming elites and it didn't require quite as much active healing. So I decided to try that out and we'll talk kind of about some of the lessons that I learned and and kind of the specs that I decided to do. But there's a, a very interesting dynamic where tanking is definitely different. You know, there's no way to tell if things have aggro on you. So <laughs> we'll talk a lot about that. And healing is very different as well. There's a bit of tab target healing, but there's also some skill shot based healing where you've got to shoot it into the right spot if you want max effectiveness. And mana is also a big issue. So I was loving leveling up new weapons. And to that point, just really quick before we go into Dynasty, if you're deciding to check out new weapons, one of the coolest things that New World did was basically get rid of the multiple character system that almost every MMO does. And you just have to level up other weapons, which are effectively other classes. And then you have the ability to combo them. You know, you have like a solo class with each weapon, but then they also combo and have unique ways they can do that. And I just think that's really cool because I went from being pure damage to kind of a healing damage hybrid. And it just feels really neat to be able to do that. I found that going to like lower level elite zones was really effective for leveling up weapons. So if you've tried to level up weapons and you haven't checked out lower level elite zones, uh, definitely go check that out. Get a buddy or just run down there. There's oftentimes people uh, farming those areas to level up their weapons and you can get a lot of experience that way. So we'll, we'll talk more about the weapons and the things we learn as we dig into Dynasty. So I think we should dive right into that because <laughs> both you and I decided to respec right before we went to dynasty <laughs> we uh we 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 had respect and leveled up our weapons together uh knowing we were going to do dynasty but we didn't do any group tanking uh or or doing an expedition until we zoned in for the first time and i think both of our weapons were in the like 10 to 12 range so we had just kind of unlocked some of the skills and had no idea what we were doing so it was actually a tremendous amount of fun but what were you thinking about when <laughs> when we're running to the to the expedition and we're at the front part of Dynasty? You know, you're going to have to tank and we recruited three DPS out of global chat and <laughs> here we go. 
you know, it's not a level 20 dungeon. It's it's up where it's up in the high 40s or low 50s. So we knew it was going to be challenging. Yeah, it's really funny because actually one thing I was thinking about as well, we're going to find out quickly, you know, what kind of a, you know, a pickup group, a pug group can be like in New World because this has potential to be either a really great experience or a super toxic one. <laughs> I think we just were pretty upfront with the people we picked up and and said, hey, this is our first time doing this, and uh, let's get through it. And everyone was pretty excited about that and pretty okay with that as an idea. And they were like, hey, let's just go do it. So I was actually pretty encouraged. Yeah, I was too. And I want to take a second on that because chat in MMOs has really the ability to go really great or awful right out of the gate. And what's interesting is I would say that the net of the whole experience was really good. But it started off kind of in an interesting way where one of the people that we invited, we had two DPS that weren't level 60. There was a 57 and a 58. And then we had a level 60 come along. And the level 60, as we were running to the zone, was like, don't you know that you can jump down on the beach and it's way easier and faster? (laughs) We're like, nope, first time heading to the dungeon, didn't know that. And kind of took that joking tone, then they realized that they kind of started out on a little bit of a spicy note. And so uh, I would just encourage people to, you know, be upfront. You know, if you're new to an instance, no one left, no one was feeling bad about that. But be upfront about it because we said, hey, this is our first time tanking and healing this. You know, if you've got any tips or tricks, let us know. Uh, We're open to those. We're going to talk about some of the frustrating things we ran into. But when everyone was on the same page and they weren't like, you know, in the middle of the instance finding out that we were brand new to it, um, I think that went a long way to the success of the overall expedition. I agree. And actually, it was pretty funny because the first thing that happened in the first trash pack, I died. (laughs) And it was my fault. It was uh, not blocking enough. I was not active blocking enough. I was playing like a DPS and not like a tank. And it was interesting because in other MMOs like World of Warcraft or other large MMOs, in a pug group, if you have a death that happens in the first trash pack, things are going to go super toxic and super bad super quick. And it just didn't happen. Everyone was like, yeah, whatever, cool. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll get through it. And then we started actually talking to each other. And there was one person who said, hey, you know, I farm this for, for money. I can kind of give you some ideas and you know, kind of lead the way. So we're like, great. And it really turned into a good experience, and it it could have really gone south on that first trash pull, but it didn't. And I actually think that was pretty cool. I do too, because, well, for one, you could have blamed me for not healing, which I really didn't even know outside of my two AoE heals that did a tremendous amount of healing. You know, I didn't know how effective the light attack was with the life staff and how effective my single target heal was and what kind of rotation to do. So you kind of ran in there and I'm like, okay, what skill should I think about using here? And (laughs) you were just dead. And I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a long, long expedition. (laughs) But I agreed. It was, uh, again, I think it it just was kind of positive. Like, you know, we were, the DPS were able to clear uh, those mobs. Uh, You just kind of respawned, ran back in, picked him up, and we started having conversations. Like, I was like, are you blocking? And I was like, I'm not trying to, like, tell you you're doing it wrong, but I was like, are you blocking? And I remember you saying, like, well, kinda, but I think I have to hit him and get aggro, too. So, I mean, we're quite literally figuring out how threat 
and aggro and how all of these dungeons work live uh, were, were in Discord. The people we were playing with weren't. But it was really cool just to, you know, get in and see how these things work. And, you know, I didn't look into any healing settings. I've got a feeling that I can probably tweak how some of the skills work and the targeting of them. But I wanted to see how the base configurations were done uh, for the healing systems. And some of them are smart, you know, where I cast them and they would go out and then spread from where I casted them to, whether that was a friendly player or a spot. Others I had to, you know, scroll through targets or I could hold left control, I think, to heal myself. And then the other ones were, um, they're an area, you have to shoot them and they have an arc to them. So you, if you need to shoot them a longer way, you've got to get at the right distance. And if you miss, it's not helpful at all. And a lot of those skills are on 15 to 30 second cooldowns. So it can make or break certain encounters. And I just had a really awesome time figuring that out because it's really challenging when you first start to heal, uh, especially with some characters who, you know, they weren't level 60. They didn't buy higher item level gear. I don't know. I just had a lot of fun figuring it out. And there was an opportunity for frustration on all parts when it's never fun dying when you're in a piece of group content. But we're talking through it and figuring out what to do and how to accomplish it. Because when the tank dies on the first pull, me as the healer is sitting there like, oh boy, (laughs) we're in for it. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting because tanking involves the tank being much more active in keeping threat. And so far in my limited experience in New World, tanking is totally a different thing. It's about deflecting and blocking more than it is actually about attacking to keep aggro. It's such a opposite way to go about it that it took me a little bit, took me a couple trash pulls to kind of get used to it because once I started blocking more than I was attacking, I was still holding aggro for the most part, but I wasn't getting hit as much and therefore not losing nearly as many hit points. Now, keep in mind too, this will all get better when I get better gear as we work through the different instances, but Just the mechanics of doing it, I think, more correctly than I was doing it definitely made it easier for you to heal and and was a little bit easier for me to continue to, you know, to stay alive. And I I think in general, everyone was pretty cool with it and the DPS were pretty cool with it. And it was actually a really fun experience to learn how to do active blocking. And, you know, because one of the things that happens a lot is you get hit and you get stunned, hit and stunned and hit and stunned in the way that the action combat system works. And you have to get hit and then you have to watch what the boss is doing and you immediately have to block and keep your block up because you're going to get immediately hit with two or three abilities combo in a row. And if you don't have a block up, you're going to get stunned and then you get knocked down and then you take a bunch of damage. And it's like this repeating cycle that happens. And once I got used to that cycle of the way that the mobs hit, it got a lot easier, I think, for everybody. Exactly. And in learning how to manage cooldowns, you know, how your weapons work together, at least for me as a healer, and learning how your weapons uh, work together, and then also realizing that positioning is a hugely important thing. Like there's a couple encounters within Dynasty where you set some kind of trap or you lay bombs and then it spawns a bunch of waves of monsters to come after you. And when you do that, it's really hard for the tank to keep aggro. So the healer and the ranged characters, they're getting aggro, but you do have the ability to move to the opposite side of the tank 
so that those characters or the enemies run through where the tank's attacking and trying to get aggro. So there's a lot going on and you really do have to pay attention. You know, you're not going to get notified when something has aggro on you. You're just going to get a spear chucked at your head and you have to deal with it. There's a lot of things you can do with positioning and avoiding. And even if you're a DPS or a healer, you can block ranged attacks. The less damage you take, the less pressure that puts on the tank to have to pick up those enemies or be in an urgent mode of trying to get aggro on things that, are, that aren't nearby. Now, to that same kind of encounter where there's multiple enemies coming in a wave, one of the things I learned about the Life Staff Void Gauntlet combo was there were times when I had to use all three of my healing skills on the Life Staff just to keep everybody alive. Well, then I could only heal for like 300 hit points with my light attack and wait for like 15 to 16 seconds for those cooldowns to come up. But on my Void Gauntlet, I specced into one of the talent trees that anytime I critically hit something, it would reduce the cooldown of all skills. It was either by a certain percentage or a second or something like that. But if I had all my life staff stuff on cooldown, I would switch to my void gauntlet and start trying to attack the back of enemies to get critical strikes to reduce the cooldown on my life staff so that I could heal and use my big heals sooner. And once I started figuring that out and how to kind of rotate my abilities through, you know, it started getting a lot smoother through the instance because I started to realize what skill I should save for really bad moments. And then if I really did have to use that bad skill, I knew to switch to my void gauntlet to start trying to get critical hits, get those cooldowns back down. Now, that did require me to get in melee range which got me killed a few times because I was trying to get my cooldowns reset and I, I just got wrecked. There's a fight with two dogs, two massive dogs, and I just got absolutely demolished by one because I needed to heal three different people and all of my skills were on cooldown. So I went into melee mode and just got stomped. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of times where keeping mobs all together wasn't really a problem and I actually found after a while that even getting aggro on mobs didn't really require that much interaction with them. One of the things that is really interesting is the stunning and the knocking down portion of it. There was a few times where if I missed one block, and I mean this, like if I didn't time my defense stance and my right-click block, because you don't really dodge, really. You can dodge, of course, but it's not really something that at least I was able to do in a very fluid motion, like integrated into my rotation, because it's kind of hard to anticipate when you need to dodge. But if I missed a block while the mob was casting, man, I lost half my health. It was just, it was like one of those things, you either do that right or you don't. <laughs> I, I like that, actually. I like that there's kind of a high risk, high reward in the sense of if I block correctly, it's a lot less work for the healer. And then the healer can keep the DPS up if they manage to get involved in some AoE damage or something like that. And so I actually kind of like it because sometimes tanking can be boring when there's really no threat of dying. So I actually kind of enjoyed, as we were working our way kind of through the beginning of the instance, figuring that out. And there's a fight on the docks where you have to set these kegs of like explosives off to blow up these ships. And what happens is you kind of have to protect the keg for, I don't know, it's maybe like 120 seconds, might be two minutes, something like that, while the fuse is burning. 
And they send mobs and mobs and waves of elites at you and finally a big bad elite, right? And that was a really interesting thing because there was a lot of stuff going on and there was lots of trash. There probably was 10 to 12 mobs at one time and there's ranged, right? They're shooting at you (laughs) from across the dock. I had to run around and pick up all this stuff and try to keep it in the center of the dock area. But I have like 10, 12 mobs shooting at me and interrupting me all at the same time. And I didn't have any choice but to just keep blocking and keep blocking. And you know how you have your second bar for when you block an attack? That was constantly low for me, constantly almost gone. And so then I had to rotate in my defensive stance. I had to rotate in a shield block while that was regenerating. And I really, really enjoyed the dynamics of that as we were progressing through the first part of the instance. It came to be much more valuable later on as well. Well, and I think even for me as the healer and the DPS, dodging seems like it isn't very effective against trash or you know, large amounts of enemies. So you kind of get lulled into this thing where you're going to block, you're not going to dodge, you know, because dodging it just is really hard when there's five things trying to hit you. So you're not really dodging, you're blocking. And that's true for all of the different roles in the expedition. The interesting part is, I think they did a really good job with the boss encounters because they make you think about what you need to do. There's some mechanics that you need to block. There's some mechanics that you have to perform a well-timed dodge so that you don't take any damage from the mechanic. There's some things that you have to run in and out from. There's some, you know, chaotic aggro enemies with bosses where they kind of attack whatever they want or you have to move the boss away from things on the ground. And I love that in this action combat world because... There, we, we fought one of the bosses that requires you to do a well-timed dodge. And the first time we fought the boss, we wiped almost instantly. And it was like, what is going on here? And I was like, well, there's a, that you have to dodge. So then we were dodging all of the mechanics. Well, it turns out that there's a mechanic that you had to run away from and not dodge. So that destroyed us on the second attempt. <laughs> the sad part is, in between the second and the third attempt, we had probably the most frustrating thing happen in the game to us to this point, which was we disconnected at the beginning of the third attempt, actually, and had to run back for 20 minutes because it took us back to the nearest town, and the party didn't disband while we did this. So that was frustrating. I'm sure Ronald will tell his side of that in a moment. (laughs) But we got wrecked by each mechanic, but every time it happened, we realized what occurred, and then after our, you know... 20 minute hike hiatus we came back and then beat the boss on that that first attempt coming back and it was a really satisfying feeling to you know we got lulled out of using dodge and then we figured out how to use dodge and then there was things we had to block and then there was movement it, it, all of this happened in the course of like an hour of us doing tanking and healing for the first time i'm just going to come back to it where i was a little nervous to heal because i love healing in other mmos but I knew the action combat would be different. But again, if you set it up the right way, it can be really fun to learn even when mistakes are made and deaths happen and your whole group wipes. But we were talking through that and no one was getting frustrated because they knew we were learning how to do this stuff. Then you get through an encounter or two and you start to build that confidence. And then I think New World does a really good job with the ramping difficulty of bosses within these dungeons. Even these non-max level dungeons, they pose a challenge. You can die, and you got to be paying attention. And I just think it's awesome. I think it has such good potential 
as we move into the harder dungeons and then for what they can do going forward as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. (laughs) I I do want to touch on the disconnect incident, I'll call it, because you're right, it was really weird. When the game crashes, when you're halfway through an, an instance or an expedition, it has the risk of disbanding the group because three of us crashed and two of us didn't, right? So we not only crashed, he ended up crashing and getting sent all the way back to, you know, Monarch Bluffs, right? You know, in, in the town of Monarch Bluffs, where that is, I guess, the closest technically to the dynasty entrance. And so, you know, we're trying to run back and, you know, everyone's pretty cool about it. We're just chatting and talking while everyone's running back. And I really liked that once we got back and kind of got regrouped, nobody was salty, nobody's upset. This group and this just a random group of people turned out to be a really great experience. It's not one that I've experienced in other random groups and other games. And so I really like that. But everyone was ready to go. And like you say, we, we pulled the boss, we pulled, you know, the dogs for that particular fight. And I ended up dying right at the end because it got a little crazy. But they, the, the last two DPS that were alive were able to finish the last 10% off the last dog. And we ended up winning the encounter with our first try, which I thought was pretty cool and really spoke to the group, you know, sticking together. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think the DPS was learning too, <laughs> you know, and they were dodging and, and kiting and putting everything in their kits available. I saw them popping potions. Um, and then when they weren't taking damage, they were eating food to get that healing buff rolling. Uh, so it was really cool to see the different ways that even the DPS can finish out a fight. You know, but I wanted to talk about a couple things that I learned on the healing side, and I'm sure you have some um, kind of tank tips that you probably discovered as well. But one of the things that I find just really impressive about the action combat system, and I talked about positioning as it relates to enemies and moving them around, but I really came to enjoy how important positioning was for effective healing during an expedition. And where I found this to be the most true was during boss encounters where the melee DPS and the tank were right up in the face of the boss. And they weren't really taking damage, it was just slight damage. And I realized that I wasn't lined up with them between the boss. And so I was shooting my life staff, doing some damage to the boss because no one's taking damage, at least not a whole lot. And on subsequent attempts, I realized that if I positioned the group members between me and the boss, I could not only hit the boss with the life staff, but also heal them for 300 for every one of them that it passes through, my little bolt that comes out of the life staff. And so that little bit of incremental healing five, six, seven times when they take a little damage, if I was healing up that little bit of damage, it made it so I didn't have to use my big cooldowns as early and took a lot of pressure off of me. So rather than just focusing on player health bars, I started really paying attention to my positioning. And I was putting the ranged DPS between me and the boss. And then I was trying to also target my attacks with the life staff so that they would hit at least the ranged DPS and then hopefully the melee DPS, if not the tank as well. In the final attempts, it was just very, very noticeable how much that little bit of healing did over the course of the whole fight. So that was one of the things that I really found awesome about healing. The other one is something I I touched on a few different times, but the AoE effects while you're a healer, if a big chunk of damage comes out uh, to multiple group members, 
you can stack your AoE healing effects on top of each other, and you can also be inside of that as well. There's a, with the life staff, there's, there's a couple abilities that do this, and it can heal, I mean, from almost nothing to full in a matter of seconds because of how powerful it is. You know, so you don't have to rotate your abilities. You can actually make synergies out of them, which depending on what's going on and how many people are hurt can be an exceptionally powerful tool. So make sure you read those abilities. You know how they function. You know, if you're going into instances, you may consider respecking because there's some talents that, you know, make your AoE 50% larger on certain abilities. And that can be really critical for those, you know, skill shot type abilities that, you know, maybe you don't have time to line it up every time and you just need that extra uh, circumference on that healing circle. So those are some of the key takeaways I had on the healing side. So I'm curious what little tips and trips you picked up while tanking Dynasty. Like I said, the big thing is there are lots of mobs that are going to be groupable in the areas between the bosses. And what I really noticed is that when you get to the middle part of the instance, you're going to get a lot of range mobs. They're going to be shooting at you from different areas. And so if there's a way for the tank to go and gather up aggro, and you can line of sight these mobs, like I may remember specifically there was a cabin that you have to go through. You go up these kind of steps and you end up in this like log cabin area. And going through that particular place, I had aggro on a bunch of mobs. They were shooting from ranged. And then we got into the cabin and they all ran into the cabin and we were able to kind of tank and spank it all done. I think it's important that, you know, you watch for those kind of ranged mobs because I really noticed that there was a few times the range mobs were aggroing on you when you were healing and I really needed to get out there and grab them. And so I was really trying to be better at that. And one of the things I want to try, because I really don't know how this works, but I wonder if I had a secondary weapon that was ranged and I shot at the mobs, if they would aggro to me. I really don't know, but I want to try maybe leveling a, a ranged weapon to, sh to use for that maybe like a bow or something. I don't know. I'm probably saying things that are totally wrong, but I kind of want to explore that concept. <laughs> I think that's really funny, right? It's kind of that synergy thing that I was talking about earlier, that maybe there is a good way to do ranged pulling to either start encounters or if you're in one of those chaotic scenarios where, you know, you're going to get stunned or knocked down or interrupted if you you know, move, but maybe you have time to switch weapons really quick and pop off a musket shot or shoot a bow. Um, that's a fascinating potential solution to one of the problems we saw that kind of plagued us throughout the entire expedition. Yeah, so I'm going to try that and see. I'm not sure how that's going to work out exactly, but definitely something I want to look into. The last thing I would say about Dynasty specifically is the last boss is a little tricky to start with. It seems like there are two chain abilities that happen almost instantly that kill you. And you kind of really have to pay attention to what's going on. There's some whirlwind damage that happens, which you can block as a tank. And then there's an AoE kind of sprite that goes out in all directions. That is something that the DPS have to dodge or jump over. I used my defensive stance ability every time that happened. And I was able to kind of soak it and move, move on and really didn't get that much damage. And then during the phase two of the last boss, you kill all the adds and then there's pylons that come up. And the idea then is to finish out the encounter for the last hit points that are on the boss in phase three, I guess, would be technically, which is a repeat of phase one. You want to pull the boss into a corner away from the pylons. So if you're doing Dynasty and struggling on that last boss, 
which is understandable. That would be my tip for that. And once we really kind of nailed that, I think we only tried it three times. And the third time we kind of got down our rhythm and everyone was alive at the end and we down the boss and finished off the instance and got the quest credit for the faction quests that I had. And plus I had a storyline progression quest to go through Dynasty and we got our quest credit and, you know, kind of moved on. So really good instance, really good experience overall with the group. Really appreciated playing with those guys. It was a good time and I'm looking forward to more. That's awesome. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about kind of what I hope to see in the future expeditions that are already in the game and then what kind of opportunities are available for further development of expeditions or you know what we would hope to see maybe, again maybe in the ones that already exist or what what opportunities we're looking at right now so I'm curious what you think about that like what do you hope maybe it's encounter wise maybe it's enemies wise or different challenges but after going through a more challenging dungeon uh, in the in the dynasty expedition, what do you what do you hope to see? I hope they don't give up on PVE content. You know, a lot of New World is PvP focused with the wars and with control of a settlement, right? And tax collection for a company, you know, and, and all around PvP. And I hope they don't give up on the PvE content because they have a really interesting and fun system for PvE content. I think that it actually could be fun if they expanded it to maybe ten players. I don't know if a system like this would really be viable for more than 10 players because there's no way for the tank to specifically aggro a unit really. So if you have say a 10 or a 20 person raid and there's multiple things that need to be tanked, it would be difficult with this system to for sure land a taunt, you know, to tank swap and those kinds of things for abilities. So I don't know how complicated they can make the boss encounters, but they have a really fun system for smaller groups of PvE players. And I would like to see them develop that more because right now you can do the high level or max level expeditions and you can go farm elite chests, you know, but after a while that kind of gets a little bit repetitive. So I would like to see them weave in a more in-depth PvE content, maybe longer expeditions. I've always thought that multiple part expeditions would be interesting. Like one of the things I think would be interesting would be to a design a dungeon that had maybe three or four parts that maybe you could only complete one part in a night or two parts in a night and it required you to play for two nights a week to complete both parts you know or sections or something but the idea would be that it would have events or triggers or something in it that would make it beneficial for you to come back and complete it and just make it more interactive pve content because again, they do have a fun group dynamic that they've created. So I would say overall, my hope for the future is that they don't give up on PVE and that they continue to develop it. That's awesome. I share that sentiment. You know, when I was thinking about that question, <laughs> admittedly, I was thinking more encounter-based and what they can do with their engine and system that they built. But I actually really resonate with the comment you made about wanting them to continue developing PVE. I think the PvP system is very fleshed out. There's obviously they could do do a lot more there, put different modes in, put different incentives. But on the PvE side, I really hope to see difficult encounters. And one of the really big opportunities I think they have is most other MMOs that I played, you either had to dodge something that was coming at you or not stand in a certain place, or it was positioning based. 
and then it was all sort of expected damage in and healing output out, and it was all skills-based. The fact that every character in New World, because of the action combat system, has a true block, and there is a you know stamina bar associated with that, I think there's a lot of opportunity for encounters to mix up what you have to pay attention to and really make you think and make interesting encounters. The other piece of that is the combination of, you know, like I've talked about skill shots and healing and damage and DPS. They also have the really cool opportunity to flip some of that on its head. You know, they could do some encounters where, you know, the healer can do massive amount of damage if they, you know, heal an enemy that is hurt by life energy or something like that. They already have all of these like resistances and bonuses to different elemental damage that already affect enemies or your weapons as they damage enemies. So it seems like from a skill base, they could also do that for the action combat system. So I kind of agree with everything you said, but that's also the thing I was thinking about was I I really think they could make some super, super challenging content and then put a reciprocal reward system in place for that to incentivize players that maybe they're not interested in PvP or maybe they're interested in both PvP and PvE in a short amount of time in the you know handful of expeditions that I've completed I really want to see this continue to get developed you mentioned raids and 10 mans um I think that's a path they could go down I think they could also stick with the 5 man and do you know like the heroic concept or mythic concept from World of Warcraft which was taking the same expeditions that you know and tuning them up even adding additional abilities to bosses or trash to make them more challenging. In the most recent years uh, of World of Warcraft, they even added modifiers to packs of enemies within instances as you tuned up the difficulty. And, you know, there's some combinations of attributes for these instances that made them really, really challenging, if not borderline impossible. Um, so they could even put some RNG elements, you know, some random elements into the, the instance system and offer incentives that way. So I'd love to see the difficulty continue to ramp up. I hope we continue to see unique encounters. We've already seen some puzzles. We've seen challenging boss fights. And I think there's going to be more of that. But I also hope they uh, really, really dig in and put some end game on the PvE side. Because crafting is fleshed out, there's there's endgame in crafting and professions, there's, to your point, there's some endgame already in PvP with the territory control and, and how all that plays out, and I really hope there's a true endgame coming or uh, something that we're about to discover as we do more of the PvE content. Yeah, I'm excited for what they could turn this into. I think they're doing an okay job. It's been rocky a little bit along the way, but I would say in general, I'm having a lot of fun playing the game. I don't have very unrealistic expectations, in my opinion, for a game that's literally like three and a half months old at this point. So pretty okay with the way things are going. And I'm really looking forward to doing some more group content. And this goes out to anybody who wants to play with us. 
come and join the company, find us on Zobaba and join the company. And MTB and I don't really care what level of instance we play. We just like playing this game. So we plan on doing all of the different expeditions, whether they're the first one of Army and all the way up through the most challenging one. And along the way, we're just going to find people who need help leveling or need to do them for quests or whatever. We just want to do it because we enjoy the tanking and the healing dynamic, and it's fun to do. So come join us. Come join Discord. Come join the company, and let's play some New World. But that's about it for tonight. And just like I just mentioned, Discord's the best way to get a hold of us. Join our Discord. There's an active community of 2,000-plus gamers there that play multiple games, not just New World. Come hang out. Come have a good time. You'll usually be able to find someone to play with on any given time or any given schedule. I'm always fascinated that at like one in the morning, there's people in voice channels playing Escape from Tarkov or playing um, PUBG or New World or whatever. And it's just, it's good to see an active community there. We also have an active hardware section in our Discord to help you with your PC problems or PC build questions. We've got some couple people that really are active there answering questions so that you can make sure your gaming experience is running at uh, peak efficiency. You can always follow me at Ronald Gaming on Twitter. Or you can also find me in MTB Trigger's Twitch stream a couple times a week. Whenever he jumps on to stream, I generally come in and lurk and chat and have a good time hanging out. If there's something more formal that you'd like to get to the show, you can email us at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And as for me, you can find me basically everywhere Ronald just said. My tag is MTB Trigger every single place on the internet. And it's also my character's name on the Zabalba realm. So MTB trigger everywhere. Uh, I have picked uh, streaming back up recently. I've uh, been playing some PUBG uh, with some friends there and then been playing uh, New World as a much more casual experience to relax and just have fun. So we hang out in Discord. We do instances with people. Expeditions. It's going to be so hard for me to stop saying instances. But we've been doing expeditions with people in the company. And that's just been a blast. Catch me there. But outside of that, that's all we have for this week. Hope you guys have a fantastic week in New World. We'll see you out there. See ya.